Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. We are thrilled to be sponsored by Vincere, a global ATS system that truly transforms the experience of every single user in the recruitment industry. We are also really proud to be partners to Needy, the bespoke gift matching service using psychology and AI to, to remove boring gifts and experiences. We'll tell you more about them later in the show. And we are also very proud to partner Inclusion Crowd, the diversity and inclusion specialist for the recruitment industry, something that you all need to know about. But again, more information later on in the show. Thank you for choosing to listen. Remember to click the subscribe or follow button so you'll be alerted to any new episodes that we release on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. But enough of this, let's jump into this week's guest. In this next episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, you are in for a real treat. We are joined by the CEO of Chronify, which is a tech platform used for scheduling in the recruitment industry. In fact, as you're listening to this now, it's very possible that you're using their software. Adam Bird is the founder and CEO, and he's a prolific business owner. He's launched many businesses over the last quarter of a century. And in this episode, it starts around technology. We talk a lot around what they do and how he's sort of coming from a different side of the desk, so to speak, as a software engineer himself. But hang on tight, because our conversation swerves into the territory of artificial intelligence, something that we're all going to be talking about this year and beyond, how we can ensure that we are not threatened by artificial intelligence, but what we can do to ensure that we as humans are utilising this incredible form of technology. We also talk around Adam's own experience of launching successful companies, how he hires in on principles rather than value. And this is definitely worth staying tuned in for a little bit later on in this episode. And then we finish with a really beautiful philanthropic sort of view of, of how we as leaders in the recruitment industry can literally transform everybody's lives collaboratively it's a really beautifully poetic way to end the podcast so hang on tight stay tuned and let us know what you think of today's guest this is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am really excited to welcome to you today somebody that I think we're going to learn an awful lot from and he's already admitted he's going to possibly have some quite challenging opinions on things that I think we're all going to want to know about. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome to you today, Adam Bird, who is the CEO of Chronify. Welcome to you today, Adam. How are you? Hi, Alicia. I'm, I'm good. Yes, the sun's out. We always smile when the sun's out. Always. Well, you, you're clearly not in the northwest then because it's just grey. <laughs> but, but we have had the most horrific rain for the last two weeks. So the fact that it's actually right. a grey, dry sky is obviously very beneficial. But obviously, we're very, very excited to get to know you today and for our community to understand a bit more about what you do. So without further ado, explain what Chronify, who, who you are and what you do. Chronify... Uh, what's the best way to describe Chronify? It's the kind of technology that powers scheduling in hundreds of SaaS applications, and specifically in the recruitment space, we're powering the interview scheduling aspects of about 75 different applicant tracking systems. So really, we are the kind of industry experts kind of behind the scenes of like the Intel inside for, for scheduling. And that's given us a really unique insight into how recruiters work and what their needs are and how 
the reality, you know, scheduling in the real world, not just in the dreams of a product manager. Mm, wow, gosh, yeah, we've got loads to talk about today, then, haven't we? And and yeah. we were just talking about on, off camera about the name Chronify. I'm I'm fascinated about things like this, maybe because I did classics at school. Talk to us about right. Chronify and what it means. So, so we're all about time, and it, in many ways, you could describe us as the API for time. So, Chronos was one of the titans in Greek mythology, responsible for, um, yeah, essentially time, all knowing. And it's also Cron has become a bit, is kind of lent itself to a term within development and kind of systems engineering where you have a repeatable task that's done on a regular basis. So with the way we provide this kind of technical solution, we adopted sort of Cron as the way. And of course, it was about 10 years ago. So everything was a FI. So we made Cronify. <laughs> Indeed, it was. Everything was a FI back then. I'm not sure what it is now. It's more of an ism. Yep. I'm not sure. So yeah. you talk on your social media profile, on LinkedIn profile, that you have a love-hate relationship with technology. Well, why is that? Because uh, I'm an optimist. <laughs> I, 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 I want to believe these things work, you know, the kind of Apple idea of it just works and it never does. And it's, and, and, the, and for me, there's, when it works, it's, it's just magical and it just kind of goes away. But when it's not, there's nothing quite so kind of impotence inducing as it, I do remember Eddie's old sketch about printing and he was like, control P print. I can't see printer. And he was like pointing the monitor at the printer. It's like, well, there it is. It's like, just, and, and that epitomizes it's like, how I am. <laughs> well, yeah, and as a technologist I, I kind of almost set myself up that I should be able to do these things and they should work so when they work I love it and it's it's but I I always you know I was a early palm pilot user and you know handwriting technology and that's still not working but I want it to work and someday I will be able to write on something and it will just work out what I'm saying so yeah I I set myself up for failure all the time just by being too optimistic so and it's so that chasm of where you love what you do and you've got this vision and you obviously have this technical capability being a software engineer, a software developer, very pardon. But then it's the, is it the user element of it? Is it that we're not using it properly or is it just that it's getting the technology to get your vision out there for us to use? Oh, in that, in that regard. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, every software engineer will, will, will tell you that the, it, everything works until users get involved. <laughs> but, uh, but, but in many ways, that's, that's the, that's what I love about what I do is it's you know technology is just a tool you know it's just a a a a kind of means of delivering some kind of value and actually the exciting bit is getting under the skin of people and how they work and how they operate and truly understanding the kind of real world so certainly from a, a, a scheduling perspective which is kind of what I've immersed myself in for the last sort of you know eight nine ten years there's so much push to automation this idea that you can automate everything and then almost the people go away and I think that's a real it kind of really misunderstands the actual complexity of scheduling in the real world you know you've you may be able to schedule, you know, automate 60 70 percent of your screening calls as an example right. but there's always that hiring manager who dutifully blocks out time in their calendar to make sure that they're available for interviews but actually that means that all of the scheduling tools break because it looks like they're unavailable and so as a technologist delivering those kind of solutions, you have to accept how the real world works. And for me, that's the exciting bit. It's like, how do I harness this? You know, I like to think of what we do as building a Lego kit yeah. and it's uh, that other people can use to build their own kind of workflows or their own software. Yeah. And very much is at my job is to try and help people map from 
the real world into kind of harnessing that technology. So I think very much in terms of streamlining workflows rather than automating workflows. I think automation is selling that optimistic dream. And when the rubber hits the road, it's never really worked that way. No, and, absolutely. So, yeah. But like you said, because things can change, can't they? And it's 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 then making sure that you've got the flexibility, which I guess when you're developing software, you can't always plan for that, I suppose. So in terms of the, what you do, obviously you're very prominent in the recruitment industry, very clearly. Where do where do you think the user, because obviously a lot of our listeners are the, the users day to day, what can we do better then to ensure that we're, whether it's your technology or you know an ATS system, whatever it might be, what can we do? Because very often we're not, we're not tech savvy we're trying you know i guess we have to be with our phones and everything but what can we do to ensure that we're not creating that chasm between you as the developer and us as the user the recruiters recruitment podcast is thrilled to be partnering with inclusion crowd inclusion crowd put the d into diversity but do it disruptively we love that really reflecting what we're about I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society, and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell, you have a contribution to make, an Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the inclusion and diversity certification mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. Um. Oh, that's it. So I think from my perspective, in my, it's, it's beholden on people like me mm. to understand, you know, people like you, really. Yeah, of course. And, and I think that's um, our, but also, I guess what you can do is don't believe people who say they can automate everything and kind of push back on that and okay. explain that, you know, actually, so the, the, think of it like a, a plane on autopilot. You know, most of the time you can run on autopilot for a lot of things, but that sometimes you need to take the stick, you need to go manual. There's always that kind of rescheduling flow or that tricky thing or that tricky client or that tricky candidate that has to you have to work around. Mm-hmm. My job or our job in this, in this side of the fence is to make sure that all of the other workflows work. So as a result of, say, a scheduling flow, mm-hmm. interview ends up back in the applicant tracking system. Mm-hmm. Now, 
so you can then continue to do everything else so I, I, actually I, I i think i'm going to throw that back at you and say it's not your job to kind of work with people like me it's people like me's job to work with people like you because actually yeah you wouldn't uh i'm struggling for a, a, a simile but yeah so yeah it, we're just tool providers yeah no i understand that and, and you know it, the, getting into the mind of a recruiter is you know you see those memes don't you where you know imagine twenty-seven thousand um tabs open at any one time that's a recruiter's mind that is literally how we work yeah. so i think you trying to understand that and how to ease the flow of that and to ensure i think it's what i've just taken from what you've just said is that we as the recruiter shouldn't assume and we should ensure that what we're doing all the building blocks that you're giving us which is what you've the knowledge of the lego blocks you know you're giving us those blocks mm we're not assuming anything we're still doing our part the human part to ensure that everything yeah. is, is working as it should be you know speaking to the client confirming those interviews speaking to the candidate confirming those interviews circling back to our ATS system because that way then we're utilizing it the best we can and actually that's doing your job properly that's not cutting corners that's what we're doing. recruiters are people people you wouldn't do what you do if you weren't you didn't like people basically yeah, that's very true. and mm. And our job is to provide you the tools. So all that admin and other stuff allows you to do the stuff you're really good at really? and the stuff you can actually add value in the organization. You know, putting your clients best, you know, best face forward, really understanding the candidate and whether there is that match there. Yeah, no, definitely. I just want to pick up on something you've just said, and I didn't mean to interrupt you because we were talking about this off camera and I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, we are people people. So what are your mm. thoughts on how we're going to use all this technology, all this chatbot that is clearly going to allow you know all this artificial intelligence that we can write great copy put it into our websites what should what's your view on it first of all and where do you think this can take our industry and is it a threat to recruiters i want to know that as well we are so proud to be partners of needy the gifting revolution here at key recruitment we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. So I think people are, you know, like all new technologies, all new shiny things, people kind of are attributing kind of more intelligence to it than there actually is. So if you look at that, the, the, the model for these things, actually, all it's doing is taking a massive data set and providing a kind of version, a kind of a homogenized version of lots of data sets. So you want it to to write up uh, an outreach email. There's data out there. It can kind of work out what what is a common what, what are the common 
yeah. outreach emails work. And then you can start to train that. But ultimately, as a recruiter, you have to provide the prompt. You have to say, what do you want? The computer yeah. doesn't know what you want. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the power. And there'll be a situation where, yes, certainly you can sort of, you know, these kind of chat interactions that Kansas can have, if they're pretty light and they, um, you know, allow them to kind of do some screening calls in a kind of more chat type type approach and you know schedule an interview if they meet the various criteria that's powerful and that's valuable as long as the candidate and the candidate will kind of know pretty much that there isn't someone on the other end of the line and that's fine everyone's in agreement that they're not pretending to be anything they're not <laughs> but you need to what you need to do is have a really smooth off-ramp so in that situation where you need to kind of move over to, ah, this is a slightly exceptional situation that the AI just wasn't trained for or can't understand. Mm -hmm. That's, it's, that, it's those transitions. And that, I think, will speak volumes to the kind of employer brand mm -hmm. and the, the the way the candidate is seen. Because everyone knows everything's got to be more efficient. But if at, the, at, at that off-ramp point, if mm -hmm. suddenly it all goes wrong and they kind of, the candidate's left waiting for a week because no one's responded to them, then it's, okay actually this employer doesn't care I, i'm not going to bother because yeah. they don't they're not interested in me respond. as an individual yeah definitely absolutely so i think it's those transitions so a it's the you know these things aren't intelligent what they're doing is they're pattern matching uh really and creating patterns that we can infer and in many ways we're making our minds are intelligent mitch are making the leaps based on what we're reading okay. we're kind of making inferences based on what we're reading because of the, the patterns that we've seen anyway but to create those things, you need a recruiter. You need someone who understands the proposition, the role, the type of candidate that that that, that they're looking for. So, yeah, it's like self-driving cars. You know, uh, general artificial intelligence is yeah. years away. And yes, it's exciting. And yes, it's uh, there's some really interesting uses of that technology. But it's just a way of, in many ways, searching the internet and distilling it down to something that you can consume. In which is already opinion. something that we're all doing anyway. And I think I saw something on LinkedIn the other day where somebody wrote, you know, that we're not at threat by this AI. It's when a human being is using the AI. And it's about how we utilize that. You know, this isn't here to replace yeah. it. It's so reassuring to hear that from somebody that is, you know, you're coming in it from the other side of the desk. And most people listening mm. on my side of the desk, we're, we're recruited to saying, how can we make ourselves more efficient? What we don't want to do is start creating an industry, whether you're recruiting, you know, chefs finance people tech people like you recruiters like me we don't want to dehumanize any process but we can use it to our advantage but i think it's about i, I love that you use the word homogenized because when i you know i'm maybe because i'm a, of a generation where you know i it's to me it's all about human interaction that's why i'm in recruitment because i want to place people into the best job they can do and i want to partner my clients so but i think we can marry up we can utilize don't be scared of this technology you know and i'm really going to pinpoint how old i am here that i've been in recruitment since before the internet was even a thing i've been in it since the 90s and you know you when job boards started it was like oh my god recruitment agencies are gonna die you know that's it we're screwed yeah. and funnily enough we didn't we didn't die we carried on and we actually learned to utilize them or, or not in my case but in theory, multi-billion pound sector, you know, when LinkedIn, obviously it's been around for tech people for very, for 20 odd years, but for recruiters, I think it probably started about 2008, maybe that's when we started to think, oh, this is a great platform. Oh, LinkedIn's going to kill recruitment. And of course it hasn't killed yeah. recruitment. It's a recruitment database. That's what it is. 
Um, so I think for me, I, I'm an, you, you know, use the word optimist. I'm an optimist. I'm, you know, all perpetually optimistic and um, that's a whole different conversation. And for me, I'm not terrified by the thought of artificial intelligence replacing me because of course it can't, it can't replace my nuances, my intuition, the passion that I have. It can try and mimic me, but it certainly can't replicate me or my instinct when I'm on the phone to a candidate about a client and vice versa. So I think I'm really pleased we brought this up because we didn't necessarily plan to talk about this, but I think it's really going to resonate in 2023. Don't fear change. What you need to do is, is embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. And recognize it for what it is. And in these kind of situations, it's a way of improving your efficiency to allow you to focus on the bits that differentiate us, which is the humanity. Yeah, I'm so pleased we brought that up. That's wonderful. So I'm not I'm not asking you to pinpoint your age here, but you have been launching and growing your own companies for a very long time too, haven't you? Yeah. Yes. And we're just obviously on the right side of uh, the boat. Well, I haven't had Botox, but you know, people can't, aren't watching, they're probably listening. So you have done that and you've obviously done that for a very long time too. So what would you say your biggest uh, learns have been as you've launched businesses in terms of whether it's hiring people, whether it's through seeing opportunity, give us some advice because we have a large swathe of our listeners are leaders themselves or those who are aspiring to be leaders thinking of launching. So we always like to get advice from people like you that have been there and done it. My, my first, I guess my first bit of advice is don't take advice. Um, I, I, I like the, the kind of, I was reading a, a book recently where they talked about kind of best practices are not best practices, they're useful fictions. Mm. everyone's yeah there are kind of framework yes there's some in interesting ideas ideas there but you should be distilling that down to your own and maybe that's just because i'm an old cynic but actually in my experience that really you have to really under reflect on what other people are doing and distill it down to what makes sense for you mm. in terms of i kind of probably there's two things i've i've learned about myself as i've gone through setting up and running and you know go through the, the business process one is you have to look after yourself. Mm. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And yeah. if you if you set yourself up for a sprint, then it's either got to work or it hasn't. And that might be fine. You may look, you, you may want to do that. But if you like, my mindset is trying to create something that's long lasting, that actually has some some value to society and community. And yeah, that's kind of that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. So and you can't do that sprinting it's okay. just something you have to do and you have to get up every day and you gotta it's it's kind of relentless but you mm -hmm. find find that balance and that's about your know, friends family you know, and making sure you run you're enjoying it full time Absolutely. so i think there's that kind of personal well-being and if if you're not in a good shape your business is not going to be in good shape and your interactions are not going to be in good shape so definitely okay so i've just given some advice so but take it yeah. as, you, as you see it the other side, I think, and one thing I, I absolutely learned in my, my with my different between my last company and this company was about being very, very deliberate about culture. Okay. So in in my last company, the kind of culture just happened, mm. and it was fine when we were small. But I think when I left, we were about sort of 60, 70 people. Wow. And I realised I couldn't. I, part of what the reason was the reason for me to move on was I just couldn't affect change in the organization anymore because there was no the culture was just kind of kind of coalesced around a mean right. rather than me being intentional about how we should be operating 
So what I've done with, with, with Chronify is from the start is very much thinking in terms of, okay, well, how do we, how do we provide a framework for people to behave and make decisions and give them that autonomy? And I'm a big advocate of, I, I think I, I, I struggle with the term values. So lots of companies have values. So we, these are our values. This is who we are. My, my issue with values is they're inherently kind of judgmental. Mm. that if you don't conform to my values you're somehow less than me because <laughs> yeah. of course we have religious True. values political values you'll see you, we don't agree mm. and at a kind of almost a foundational level if we're talking about values mm. whereas i prefer to use the term principles okay so and the principles described the method the way we behave and the way we confront uh, the way we kind of make decisions about things so one, one of our core principles is that everything above board at the chronify so and no matter how how tricky it is and how uncomfortable it is, we always start with the truth. Mm. Customers, internal, everything. And yes, we have to kind of navigate that, but that's a found that's a principle of operation. Now that's nothing to do with values. Mm. And the benefit of having these principles is it we're talking about how I behave, not how I think. Yeah, I like that. And mm. that's super important because actually it allows you to have a far more diverse organization because people value different things and they 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 see the world in different ways but if you all agree a, a way of behaving and a way of operating then you can coexist and you can work together and be far more successful together don't lose your train of thought but i'm just going to interject because yeah. that's a really important point for hiring it is far mm. i don't want to say easier but it's more quantifiable to hire against behaviors than it is against values because how do you demonstrate okay. honesty? How do you demonstrate integrity? How do you in demonstrate quality? It's actually really hard to. I can say all those things. I've got integrity. But how do you demonstrate it through behaviours? And I really wanted to pick up on that quickly because it's mm. so important. Because I think I agree with you. I mean, I talk about values. But to me, I always talk about a value add. And actually, maybe that's this conversation. This is my next stage of my building block. That actually, it's around behaviours. It's how somebody makes you feel by the actions that they take and the behaviours that they demonstrate, not the values that they're supposedly got on their walls. So I'm sorry to break your train of thought, but I had to pick up on that. It's so important. Given our audience all hirers and hiring people. And I think by by articulating its principles it's helped us in our hiring process because we can look for evidence of behaving in that way mm. and that's you know and so we've, we've done a lot of work with my my head of talent around um a competency framework and that competency framework is basically derived from the set of principles so, yeah there's capabilities you have to have but you have kind of individual and collective competency uh, competencies as well which are very much kind of principles driven in the way you interact and the way you operate i like that the um the other thing is they're not fixed okay that, that's the that's the, so you, it's not like once and done we are on about a fourth or fifth iteration of our principles uh, we, we did an, a, another set recently because companies evolve you know as we've kind of grown the team and added more people and mm -hmm. different influences and we want to do different things and you know certainly what we're doing as, as a company at the moment is we are transitioning from being this kind of underlying technology provider, this API provider to other software companies, to actually providing end user tools directly to uh, a lot of recruiters. Right. So actually a kind of tool that you can just use from Gmail, from Outlook, from smart recruiters, from Greenhouse, all those kind of tools to allow that to, to allow scheduling. Now, what that's changed is 
the type of customers that we're interacting with and the type of people that we need to understand. Now, we were very successful with product managers at applicant tracking systems because we knew we had to understand who their customer was in order to provide value. Now we have to kind of understand the customer really deeply directly and change that mindset. So what we've done in terms of the way the principles are work, we've actually think, well, we got through the pandemic and we, you know, we did really well as an organization to get through the pandemic and our principles were great during that situation. But we ended up coming out the other side a little comfortable okay. and a little complacent and it was it was a nice and warm but i realized that actually you know what we our aspirations are bigger than this mm. and nothing in our principles were really talking about high performance it was about kind of supporting and trustworthy and delivery and being 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 a great place to uh be empowered to work but we weren't explicitly saying what well, you know and we introduced the principle customers to the customers decide Right. This kind of clear thing that actually we're only here because customers are choosing are. to use us. So we have to recognize that and think about that in the way. And this isn't customer is always is always right. Actually, yeah. one of the iterations of the principle had customer isn't always right. But we yeah. thought that was a bit contentious to stick on our website. <laughs> but yeah. but ultimately, our job is to become experts and to share their expertise and, and enable people to to kind of be better at their jobs by yeah. using the tooling that we provide. And so framing everything we're doing in terms of that. So this evolution of the principles is super important because, and it has to be a collaborative effort. So it's a whole company effort. It's not just some, you know, I'm not coming down from Sinai with, with the tablets and going, there you go, there are your principles okay. now. It has to be a collaborative effort because that way you get absolute buy-in. And people are, when they join Chronify, they're like, oh, oh, actually you meant it. You actually do yeah. live by these principles. This is yeah, the true thing. Yeah. I love the so, aspects of that because I think as well you you mentioned you know a phrase that gets overused an awful lot but we're really passionate about diversity and inclusion and in order to mm -hmm. truly be truly be inclusive and truly be diverse in how you're hiring in people into your business you have to adapt those principles because they're going to change as you bring new people into your business we do not want to encourage clone style recruitment of any kind so I love the yeah. evolutionary aspect of it it makes it very visual for me I really like that I think a lot of people will copy this. I really do. Plagiarize away, guys. Do it. Yeah, please. Yeah, I, I've written a, a small blog post on uh, on the view over principles and values, so I'll, I'll, oh. I'll share a link. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. definitely. I mean, obviously, when we share this episode, we'll, we'll be sharing your profile. So if that's, I don't know if that's in your feature or if it's somewhere quite prominent, but we'll make sure there's a link to that, definitely. Because right. I think that by changing the mindset of how we as leaders and, and listening now if you're a recruiter you know it's about your actions it's about your principles but we're always changing we're always learning it's all about that kaizen continuous improvement mentality that I'm very keen to encourage all recruiters to have just because it's been done one way before doesn't mean it's right continually forevermore yeah. you know I, I really love that this and also really good also being deliberate about that change and i think that's the important thing is being kind of you know conscious and deliberate about the change that you're making mm. and therefore you it's not just letting it happen because you can end up down a you know a cul-de-sac and as an organization it's very hard to kind of move an organization once it goes too far so that's as a leader your responsibility is always to feel the pulse and the how the organization is yeah. operating and understand whether you have to course correct yeah, no, I do. I think, and, but there will be plenty of people that are working for companies. So maybe this is one for recruiters working for companies where you're looking up at your leader leadership team and thinking, 
we haven't changed in the last five years. You know, there's not been any adaptation or, or you know, just being receptive to our ideas. And I, I love the, the idea of collaboration as well, that people coming in going, wow, it's real. <laughs> it's real. Yes. We get to have a voice. I look, honestly, Adam, I can see it. And you're a mentor for skills in Nottingham as well. I don't want to finish this podcast without talking about that because clearly you can see that you ooze mentorship because you're so happy to impart your, your advice. And, and tell us a little bit more about that. In 2022, Vincheri joined forces with the Access Group. Vincheri has always spoken openly about their ambition to becoming the recruitment operating system by partnering with a heavyweight who shares their vision of providing a single operating system for the front, middle and back office of recruitment firms. There are now no limits as to how far Vincheri can take the platform and the experience they provide to their customers. Vincere will become the flagship CRM within Access Recruitment's portfolio of products. Same people, same platform, but with way more firepower. Now, Vincere is offering an exclusive deal for listeners of the Recruiters Recruitment podcast. If you want to know more information, send me a DM and we can introduce you. Um, I've just, yeah. I've just kind of years ago, uh, I set up a, a networking event called Not Tuesday in in Nottingham, and it was really weird. I, I, it was like two thousand and nine, I think, uh, and it was a real during my last coming because I realised actually I kind of didn't know anyone else kind of in the scene, and it was <laughs> yeah. a real you just kind of get to know and actually providing this kind of forum for people to collaborate. And yeah, you know, I, I I'm no longer involved in that side of things, but what that's done is given me access. It, I, yeah, I guess I like sharing what I do. And I, I, I hope people, and what I try and be is, as a mentor is start thinking about questions. I try and answer, I try and ask, it's about asking the right questions. And for me as a leader, that's super useful because it forces me to, oh, I should probably ask myself that question. I should, what, what's yeah. my answer to that question? Oh, actually, oh, hold on. Yeah, okay, you know, glass houses and all that. So yeah. it's, it, but that's that's a really, really, it's really, really valuable for my own career development, absolutely. And hopefully it it, 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 it gives value to other people. So I, I'm, yeah, I, 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 especially because, you know, I'm, I've made Nottingham my home and over, what, 25 years ago I came here, something like that. But, yeah, we've got my kids, companies, everything is, yeah, is nothing. Yeah. I, I went to university here and forgot to leave, basically. That's, oh, that's the story. How lovely. And, um, yeah, it, and, but it's also my job is, yeah, okay, so I have quite a, I'm very lucky to have set of kind of skills and proclivities that allow me to be successful. That, mm. that, absolutely, that. My my so therefore my role in society is to provide a, a a supportive developing working environment that allows people to be successful, to pay my taxes, to give to the local community, so other people can benefit. That that's if you like that's my job in the in in society as a whole, mm -hmm. and and it pains me then when other business leaders see it very much as how much can I take right. for me personally. Right. And it's this complete antithesis of the way I think mm. to be a successful country, to be a successful society, mm. people like me should be, everyone should be contributing back in yeah. different ways. And, well, but reflect on the luck. And, and you know, I, 
I'm successful because the country provides me educated people who are healthy and feel safe and can get around. Yeah. That's what I pay taxes for. Absolutely. So, so that's where, so mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of inbuilt in me that we as successful, you know, as successful people should be explicitly giving back to society because that drives success for everyone. Totally and, so yeah, so it ends up on a little bit of a rant. No, it's yeah, not. And I know you're not, it's not altruism. It's, this is, you know, philanthropy, whatever connotation you want to give it. I could not ask for a better reason why I do the podcast, why I do what I do. We need more people like you in leadership roles because you are setting the example because that's exactly what we should be doing. You help people on the way up. You support people. You share best practice because it does not take any shine from you it's giving people that opportunity and that's for me what we should all be doing and what a wonderful place to finish the podcast thank you so much for sharing all your insights today Adam it's been a we've kind of swerved with lots of different topics but I think <laughs> I have no doubt we will have people that will find an awful lot of value in this so I really appreciate you joining us on the recruiters recruitment podcast <laughs>